Hello, welcome to another episode of Known. I am your host, Mandy McDonald, and I am really glad you're here today. Today's conversation is with Shireen Eldridge. She is a women's pastor at a church in Nebraska, and she's also now my guru on Sabbath. We are going to talk a lot about Sabbath and how you can practically make it happen in your life, whether you're a wife, a mother, a full-time employee, whatever it is that you have going on, you can find space for Sabbath. Before we jump into that, I just want to tell you thank you for your support of the show thus far. It has meant so much to me and to my guests. So if you're not already following me on social media, you can find Known Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. You can also head to my website, mandymcd.com, M-A-N. D-E-E-M-C-D.com. I have been much more disciplined with the blog lately, so there's a lot for you to read there as well. So without further ado, here is Shireen Eldridge. Well, hey, I am Shireen Eldridge. Let's see where to start. I have been married to my husband, Micah, for 17 years now. And we have been in ministry together mm. since we've known each other, since college. Wow. Yeah. So we met at the University of Georgia, both in campus ministry together and um, just kind of grew up in ministry in marriage and in ministry together. So <laughs> our kids have known no other life. <laughs> that. Um, dad's a pastor. And, um, you know, so we've got four kids. Um, we are in Omaha, Nebraska. Like I said, we're previously, we're from Georgia. We moved here right after. So that's a whole crazy story. I finished nursing school. I had our first baby and then w- took my boards. And then we moved to Nebraska all in a two month period. Oh, so wow. <laughs> that was something. I, I want to say it was impressive. It was not impressive. <laughs> <laughs> it was something. <laughs> I don't advise it to people. No. Um, yeah. So um, took this job here at um, a church here that we had had connections with. And it really, it's funny when I tell the story, my husband had gotten connected with an old youth pastor here and had come and done an internship in Omaha, Nebraska when he was <laughs> in college. And we just stayed connected. And when we felt like the Lord was, he was moving us out of campus ministry at the University of Georgia, um, we were looking for all kinds of other opportunities. We thought it was going to be campus ministry and um, God opened a door here. Um, The church, their young adults pastor was actually um, leaving to start another church. They were kind of sending them off to start something new here in town and they were in need of a young adult pastor. And, um, through a strange round of connections, they called my husband. We came out. I was very pregnant. It was the spring <laughs> of 2007, and we came out here. And it was a beautiful spring day, which I think was also Jesus, because apparently the week before they had had a huge snowstorm, and God knew <laughs> if we had visited in a snowstorm, I would have crossed that off. <laughs> so we. We interviewed here and just, we just knew this was the opportunity that he had for us. It fit for our family. It felt right for a great place to raise our family. We literally knew nothing about the Midwest. (laughs) 
Yeah. And all I thought was cornfields, right? Like that's right. what I think of. <laughs> cornfields and the Huskers. The yes. Rest of the Huskers. That is all that exists. But let me tell you, it has been the neatest God story of him opening this door for us here. And um, it, it's, it's just been the Lord. And so our kids are Nebraskans. And they <laughs> remind me all the time because even today, as we're talking, it's supposed to be spring. There are flowers blooming. However, there's also snow coming down. Oh, my goodness. It's 30 degrees. And my children wore shorts to school today. <laughs> and I tried to convince them otherwise. And they told me, Mom, it's fine. It'll warm up to 40, maybe. Oh, that's so warm. <laughs> oh, it's so warm to them. Meanwhile, but, I yeah. dropped my child off in shorts. And it's 56 degrees outside. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm a terrible mother. I should have oh, put them no, in pants. Listen, <laughs> that's, that's summer weather here. Okay? You're great. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, so that's. I guess that's the intro. You, you know, now I'm, I'm now I'm on staff. That's a whole nother story. Mm-hmm. Um, I stayed home with my kids for the first so many years. I didn't even um, get into nursing because we just didn't, we, it, you know, it's hard being a working parent if you yeah. don't have help. Um, and we didn't have family here. So we felt like the best decision was for me to just stay home with kids and him to um, just establish the ministry that he needed to at the church. Also, we were going through a, when we got here, this is a whole nother story. I don't want to get us too off track, but (laughs) it's falling apart. We didn't even know. And so we signed up for something and um, we got here and it turned into a huge church split right when we got here. I know it was chaos. Um, We still felt like God wanted us here and we stayed. And that was another reason, like me not getting a job, so I stayed home with kids for all the years that we had kids, lots and lots of kids. <laughs> and then finally the Lord opened the door for me to be on staff with my husband at church. And so now I'm the women's pastor there and it's been a neat little surprise blessing. Really, How happy. big of a church is it? So we are a multi-campus church mm-hmm. here in Omaha. We have, um, four campuses here in the Omaha area. So when we came, it was just like one pretty large church. They ran, usually ran about three to 5,000 sometimes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, for Omaha, it was a pretty big church, but after the church split, we kind of dwindled down and we're really trying to find who we were and who God wanted us to be. Um, and decided instead of making this big, huge thing, um, really maybe God wants us to go to the communities mm. and to, um, establish, you know, this, this new forming culture, we were developing this healthier church culture out of this split, um, to develop that and, and plant little campuses throughout Omaha. Mm. And so, um, we have grown now. So we are four campuses in the Omaha area. We actually have two campuses overseas in Serbia, which is sounds random, but it's just uh-huh. a neat God connection. And so we serve a lot of the area in Omaha. And, um, you know, my husband and I were actually, he then changed to be one of the campus pastors at a, one of our smaller campuses in town and um, really opened the door for some new things in our 
our hearts too, and really reaching and, and investing in a, in a community and making Omaha feel small Yeah, and just focusing on this campus. Um, yes, it's a bigger vision. So I, um, now, you know, COVID through everything yeah. <laughs> wall for everyone. Uh, I'd say we still run, um, between all our campuses, right. Or, you know, on average about, um, 2000, two to 3000. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but I love the vision of what we're doing. I like that we're going into communities that way. Mm-hmm. I feel like that is very missional. It's very our hearts. Um, I think that's part of the reason that God has continued to knit us here. My husband is now in transition to become the lead pastor at um, over the whole thing in a couple of years. So we are rooting. We are yeah. going to be Nebraskans. We are rooting <laughs> here. <laughs> it's the thing. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, if your kids are wearing shorts to school, it's official. So it's official. We're Nebraskans. <laughs> I'm not fully. My blood isn't fully there. Right. Yeah, that's but southern blood. It doesn't leave. No, it doesn't. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm so excited you're here. I have actually been following you for a while because um, Sabbath is hard for me. (laughs) Not because I'm like (laughs) hype A and like, ooh, let me get everything done, but because I am so unorganized that I don't create the time to have Sabbath. So following you has been really helpful in that area. Um, And then learning like your heart for women and that kind of thing. um, It's just, it's been good. It's been good for me. Good. I'm so glad. Yeah. I'm so glad. So I'm excited to talk to you. Yeah. But let's just get started with your story. Tell us your story. Oh, man. My story. Which part? There's so many parts, right? I know. Multifaceted. I think what brought me, at least for you finding me in this journey towards Sabbath and rest, you know, I am type A. (laughs) Anyone who follows me on social media can probably figure that out real quick. Enneagram (laughs) one, I'm a high achiever. I'm achiever number one on Strengths Finder. I am like as type A as type A is. And so I think for me, um, especially having four kids and having this life in ministry, it just, our lives started filling up in ways that I realized, like, I wasn't even making some of these choices, right? Mm-hmm. Like when you're in ministry, you're, sometimes your life is not your own and, and you give of your time and willingly, but mm-hmm. it's, a lot of times it's, you know, evenings, it's weekends, it's things like that. And, and, and as much as, and you want to be a helper to people when they, um, when they need you. And so learning that kind of growing in ministry with my husband, but then also with this family, with these little kids, even mm-hmm. and still trying to manage being a good intentional parent, um, with all these kids, these four kids and who are full of life and have lots of needs, but then also working in a church and in ministry. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I remember someone um, talking about, and that season was hard. You know, I, I didn't even expect really to be a stay-at-home mom. I kind of like fell into it. <laughs> and I, I say now that was the crucible. That was like the refiner's fire for me as mm-hmm. a type A, because I was very wanting to be career focused and wanted to do ministry with my husband. And though I was doing it alongside of him, you know, from home supporting him, but then also, you know, when I could able to go to things. Um, I just still struggled with just, just being home with kids, you know, in the day. And, and there's a lot of monotony with that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Always laundry, always cleaning, 
always the same things, cleaning bottoms. Yes. Everybody wants to eat like three times all, a day. All the time. Why? <laughs> why do they need to eat so much? Right. <laughs> and why do I have to decide what you eat? Just eat something. All the time. <laughs> oh my gosh. So much. Yes. And so I think I was trying to figure out still who I was in that. Mm. And um, was I serving the Lord enough? And was I doing enough? Right. Mm-hmm. I'm such a doer. And then I remember as our lives started filling up, our kids are getting older, our lives are filling up more, sometimes with things we didn't even intentionally plan. And I remember um, learning about Sabbath and hearing people talk about rest and Jesus and all that. And I'm like, ha that's a good joke, right? Like, <laughs> that must be for a different time and space, like yes. Bible time people who had space and time. <laughs> Um, you know, and, but it was intriguing to me and it was something that drew me in. And, um, I think we talked about it a lot as a family and as a couple, and we knew it was something our soul, like we could, you could feel it deep, right? Like, I'm sure you feel it too. Like when you hear about it, when you hear about Sabbath, when you hear, talk about rest, especially mm-hmm. as a believer, believer, you can feel it in your soul. Like, oh yeah. man. I want that. Like Mm -hmm. I need that. And so I think we felt that we just didn't know because we hadn't seen it modeled to us really like, at least not really well on a regular rhythmic basis, Mm -hmm. especially with a family, with a full life um, and maybe even in ministry. And so I I think it sent both of me and my husband on this journey of kind of discovery. So about like seven years ago, we both said, okay, let's try. Let's just try. We don't even know what we're really really trying, (laughs) but let's just try. And it was awful. (laughs) It was awful. And I don't know what my expectations, I can tell you what my expectations were. My expectations were that I was going to get a nap and need anything and I was going to need to eat. Right. Right. Not true, man. <laughs> Unfortunately, um, it isn't just a day all about you. And <laughs> and I and I think I I don't know what I thought. I think I thought that. And so we kind of pulled back from it after that for a little bit, and and just trying to reevaluate it, but always longing and needing this like, okay, we need we need a different rhythm in our life. Like mm. our life needs more rhythm, and we're realizing if we don't be in, if we're not intentional with it everything else around the world around us in our world will creep in. Right. And, and, and I think we all can feel that. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. especially if you have kids, especially just living in this culture, like you can just go about your day and stuff will just seep into our lives, right. Into our hearts, into our minds, into our lives, especially social media. Right. It's so easy to just pick up my phone and just mindlessly scroll and look back and go, Oh my gosh, it's been an hour and a half. What, have I done with my life? Right. Um, and, and, but it's not fulfilling. It's not rejuvenating. It's not refreshing. And so um, we decided to get more intentional with it probably about five years ago. Um, my husband was in seminary and he was starting to learn about um, the rule of life. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. No. It's actually like an ancient Benedictine practice. And it, um, uh-huh. it's fascinating if you start just like Google rule of life and you'll get all kinds of different teachings and things on it. Our favorite um, person who talks about it. We love hearing um, John Mark Comer. He's a pastor out yeah. at, in um, 
Seattle, no, in Portland, Oregon. Mm -hmm. He talks about it a lot. Um, The school my husband went to, he went to Fuller Seminary. They are really big on writing a rule of life. And it sounds so like harsh, right? We don't love the word rule. No, right? Yeah. (laughs) Even as a kid, and then it just sticks with you. Um, And so I think we, we started learning about this. So, you know, John Mark Comer, and then we read another book um, by Peter Scrizzero. I don't know if you've heard of him, that he um, wrote the um, um, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. And he talks about rule of life in it. Mm. And he talks about being intentional people as believers. And um, if, and, and the, the, ditches you can fall into if you aren't intentional mm-hmm. with life and the things you choose versus if you just kind of let life happen. And especially in the world we live in and fast paced culture, we'll just kind of say yes to anything and yeah. life just creeps in. And so we started learning about this and my husband started writing a rule of life and I started kind of dabbling into it and learning with him, but I still wasn't convinced, I think because of how poorly it went in the past. And <laughs> In my mind, I'm like four kids in Sabbath that that doesn't work. Yeah. Like that does that's not restful, right? I mean, yeah. just kids in Sabbath doesn't sound restful. Yes. <laughs> but I think when we went down this journey and really learned what Sabbath really is, not just the commandment of Sabbath, but the heart behind it mm-hmm. and the way, like if you you can learn about it as a commandment, and I think that is good because. God designed it for us to live differently from the rest of the world, right? That was the reason for the commandments, even for the Israelites. It was, you were set apart. You were supposed to look different from the rest of the world. And and here's how you can look different. And Sabbath is one of the, I mean, what kind of, what God we serve to command rest. Right. Great. If you ask me. Yes. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) Not a bad deal. But if you take that even a step before and you go to the creation story and you read about God's first spiritual practice, God himself practiced Sabbath. And he said it was holy. He called this 24 hours blessed and holy. Like that changes the game. It gives you a different perspective on what rest really is when you realize God needed it or he took it to model it to us. And then you realize that day was the first day for um, man and woman on earth. Mm -hmm. Their first day on earth was communion with God, was resting with God, was not about production at all. It was not, not even remotely about what they could do for him. It was just being with him. Mm-hmm. And when I started learning about that, especially for me as an Enneagram one and <laughs> high achiever, it was so freeing. And I think I needed that deep rooted why to be able to, um, to really say, okay, no matter how hard it is and sometimes are going to be terrible. The reason I'm doing this is because I want, I need to remind myself I'm not what I produce for mm-hmm. the Lord. And I need to just be with him for a day. And I need to just be with the people that are in my life, even if it's a stinky day, (laughs) even if they're still stinkers, I can still (laughs) just put all the other things aside, the need to feel like I'm producing something for whoever and for God and realize that's not what it's about. And I think that journey has been probably 
up till now, for me, one of the most important ones. And then when I realized, um, you know, the women I started leading, when I stepped into the role at church and we would talk about Sabbath and they would be like, oh yeah, no, like that, <laughs> I can't do that. And so many of the women I lead are like in my phase of life or even younger with young kids. And they're like, oh no, can't do that. Mm-hmm. That's not possible. Or my husband's work schedule is different or, you know, this or that or the other. And we would, it really dawned on me like, oh my gosh, our culture fights everything against this. The message we're getting. But even as believers, like we think that that's not for us today. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to help these mamas change that narrative and help women, especially women. I think we're, I mean, men have their own, you know, wiring and the way they want to achieve and succeed and all of that. And they probably have to fight against some of that. But I think women too have a different mentality about the way we view our need to succeed and Mm -hmm. produce and, you know, can't stop the work, the home work from home and, you know, whether you work outside of the home or not and, and that pressure we feel. And so um, I realized how important that messaging is for women. Um, The women that I directly, you know, ministered to and related to and, and led and then realized, wow, this is, this is a bigger message for more people. Like, yeah. Women need to hear this specifically. I mean, all of us do, but there are a lot of us who feel this and who mm-hmm. felt like I did too, um, but who crave it. Mm-hmm. Like I said, back to that feeling of like, we just crave it, right? Like mm-hmm. when you hear about it, it's there's something inside of us that just craves it. So yeah, that's my journey. That's part of my story. <laughs> <laughs> so what is the, see, I'm an Enneagram 7. Okay. So we are so much fun (laughs) that I am so busy finding the next fun thing that I don't want to slow down. I don't want to stop. I don't want to sit and do nothing. It doesn't sound like rest to me. But then when I really think about it, I'm like, yeah, that's why you, you know, a month down the road, hit a brick wall and feel like the world is falling in on you because you haven't just stopped. And stop searching for the thing that's going to be the next fun thing when it's right there, which is Jesus. So how does somebody like me, like the opposite of you, how does somebody like me celebrate Sabbath? You know, I think um, it was funny you even just said, like, I don't want to sit and do nothing. Yeah. (laughs) First, I think we have to get those kind of what we think it should be out of our head, right? Like my husband and I always say, Sabbath is not about shoulds. Like there should, there should be no shoulds on Sabbath. (laughs) And so I think that's really important for all of us to understand. And so what is restful to me, because I am such an over producer Mm -hmm. is I do need to slow down and do nothing. And I need to be reminded of that, but someone for you, and I have a lot of Enneagram sevens in my life (laughs) really fun. I think that's why I keep them near me because I you know, I can be a seven when I'm maybe like around them. Um, but I think what I've noticed with my friends who are sevens is when they can put aside all the other like burdensome things, right? Mm-hmm. Like the daily tasks that are like, oh, no one wants to the laundry, the housework, the cleaning, the bills, errands, all of that. Once all that's aside, when you, you've, you've done all that for those six days, then you really can just have fun that day. Yeah. That doesn't mean you have to just take a nap all day. <laughs> that yeah. doesn't mean you have to stay inside your house and be like solemn all day. <laughs> it, 
what it means is you find ways because because the way we say it, my husband and I, is Sabbath is rest, worship, and delight. Yeah. So anything that falls in those categories on Sabbath, bring it into your day. Mm-hmm. And if you're a seven who loves to adventure, make Sabbath an adventure. Like yeah. that is awesome. There are definitely days for us where we do that. Like the whole day we're going to go on, you know, a day long adventure, you know, the zoo and then ice cream after, and then, you know, a movie, whatever. And that can be restful too. Yeah. I think the, the part that you, you know, especially if you're, if you're a single who's a seven and who can just like have a great time all day long, that's great. Yeah. That. But it, it is a seven like you who has a family yes, <laughs> and a spouse and other humans around you. Um, I think it's good to have the conversation of, okay, here's what is like my fun, ideal Sabbath and things I delight in on Sabbath and the things that bring rest. Um, and, but then finding out what everyone else in your circle enjoys. Mm-hmm. Like what is delightful and restful and worshipful to them? You know, a lot of people for what they, that's why Sabbath is tends to be on Sundays, right? You go to church together and then the rest of your day you spend resting and finding delight. And, but I think you got to talk about it because we naturally have expectations, right? Mm -hmm. Like we are human. We set expectations, whether we say them out loud, whether they're spoken or unspoken. And I think when we can speak those Um, expectations, especially within our circle, um, out loud and talk about what feels restful and delightful and worshipful to us, then I think we'll find a really good rhythm in our families or in our community circles that we Sabbath with. Um, And then, like I said, no shoulds, no shoulds on Sabbath. (laughs) I'm still learning that. (laughs) Right, right. Well, and I think that's part of my uh, issue maybe is the word for it. My, oh, I have a lot of issues. One of my issues oh. is the should things. I don't like to do shoulds. Yeah. So oftentimes, like I haven't done all the things I should have done all week. And then we get to Sunday and I'm like, well, a new week starts tomorrow. So now I've got to get all this stuff done. Oh, so yeah. I feel like I need to be preparing for Sabbath. Like yeah. I'm preparing for the rest of the week. Yes. And that's that a tricky is- thing. That is hard. So I always tell people there's two ditches you can fall into with Sabbath. You can be the type who you start practicing and you can easily make it very ritual and religious Mm -hmm. and structured to the point where it loses the heart and the why. That's one ditch. The other ditch you can fall in on the other side is that like you're so free with it that maybe you don't plan. And then what happens like, yes. like, to, like I get there and I'm like, oh, shoot, I want to rest, but I didn't do any of the things to plan. Yeah. <laughs> I still want to rest. <laughs> that is me. <laughs> and so what happens, but then you start out your week and you still are in that same place, yeah. right? Like you're, you still feel like, oh gosh, now I have double catch up to do. And those are the two, I say, ditches of Sabbath. You know, the too structured, gets religious, you lose your why, versus the unstructured, let it be what it is. But then sometimes Sabbaths fall short, or sometimes, like you said, you get there and you're like, oh man, I didn't plan at all. And now I actually do need to do some work or whatnot. And so I think there is that you know, middle road, it's a wide road of what planning looks like. So planning for me, I'm very structured with my planning, but planning Mm -hmm. for someone like you, 
like you might just need to look and say, okay, I don't want to do all the planning all week long, but the day before, great. I'll go ahead and make my grocery list. I'll do the shopping. I'll do the cleaning that I need to do. Maybe it's minimal. Maybe you're okay. You know, I have a friend who she's totally fine sitting in her house in a mess. I cannot, I cannot <laughs> rest in my house in a mess. But if you're a person who can rest and you don't care if your house is a mess, don't worry about it. Yeah. Don't make that a part of your planning. Do the other things that you do know you need to plan. Like, oh, I do need to grocery shop and have things ready for the day after Sabbath even. Mm -hmm. You know, so I'm not scrambling the evening of my Sabbath. Like when you, and here's the other thing. I think this is why I always, you know, if, if you've watched any of my like little Sabbath videos on Instagram, I always say at the end, like, remember you get to do this again in six more days. Yeah. And I think when you keep that perspective of this is a practice and a rhythm, mm -hmm. then you realize it doesn't have to be perfect every single time. And one thing I might find that works this week and I'll add that in the next week and then I'll try something new, you know, and, and it, when it's a rhythm, when something becomes a rhythm in our lives, then we get more opportunity to try it again. Yeah. And it doesn't, the pressure's off at that point. And I think I know that's what I needed to learn is like, I don't have to get it right day one. Mm -hmm. In fact, I'm not going to, that's why it's a practice. And then I'm going to try again in six more days. And I'm going to try to live those six days differently so that I can Sabbath better. And we're going to try again and we're going to adjust this or this season. We have to adjust because we have kids soccer games yeah. or, you know, this season we have to adjust because it's winter and we can't go outside and take walks like we would like to, or whatever, you know, your adjustment needs to be. But I think, um, the pressure can be off on getting it so perfectly planned, even for someone like you, like, you know, plan as much as you can, but then realize, okay, that didn't work as good for me. I was too overly planned and I didn't like who I became. Yeah. You know, I wasn't the fun person I'm supposed to be, <laughs> um, but then you realize, okay, so I can adjust my planning for the next time. Mm -hmm. And you use it as a learning tool instead of a, you know, have to, should all of that and, and or letting it discourage you mm -hmm. in, in your journey of Sabbath. That's why the rhythm of it is to me, the best part of the gift. Do you always Sabbath on Sundays? Um, we don't actually. So we Sabbath mostly on Saturdays mm -hmm. because Sunday is a work day for yeah. us. And so um, it just depends. We, we try to look at our week out. We look ahead and we look at the weekend and we'll see if, you know, okay, is Sunday, is Saturday a good day to Sabbath? And here's, we start um, Friday night. And we go all the way to like Saturday evening because mm -hmm. there are times my husband is preaching on the weekends and he preaches Saturday night. We have Saturday night service. And so we know his Sabbath ends at like four o'clock that day. Yeah. And so we'll try to start and, you know, he has Fridays off. And so we'll try to start our Sabbath kind of early Friday evening. Um, when we pick up the kids, we do a quick Sabbath clean at our house because I told you mama needs yeah. to house. <laughs> <laughs> this mama does. Not everyone does. <laughs> And we get takeout because that's what works. And we eat on paper plates. Mm -hmm. We set a fun table and we do candles and we usually read a prayer together and it enters us into the Sabbath and my kids get involved and they love it. Can I tell you now we've gotten to a place that my kids love it and they know what to expect. They know mom and dad aren't going to be distracted by work. 
mm-hmm. that whole day. Mom and dad, um, we try to put down our phones. Mm-hmm. They do know the next morning, usually the both of us, we like to sit. We actually sit in this room in here and we're in um, with our Bibles and we say, we put on our headphones. We're like, don't, t- don't talk to us for like <laughs> an hour and a half. Like we yeah. need our time <laughs> and it's our time, extra time with Jesus and reading and, um, and the kids know that, but then they know after that hour and a half, they get us the rest of the day mm. and we'll do a fun thing together or we'll play games or, um, we go and cheer on the boys at soccer or, you know, whatever or we go, you know, hang out with friends, mm-hmm. um, things like that. And whatever it is that day, they, they know that they get our full attention. Um, and, and the rest of the distractions aren't there to, yeah. to weigh us down. Um, and so I think that's, what's become so beautiful for us is it, we've kind of made it work for us in, in this season. And we know it's not always, you know, every se- like I said, every season's different. Um, sometimes when my husband, you know, sometimes we have ministry things that show up on Saturdays so yeah. we just, and we say, okay, we're going to Sabbath Sunday after church until Monday. And those are the hours we get. And that's, and that's okay for that mm-hmm. week. But we still try to um, rest in some way before the crazy of the next week mm-hmm. starts. Yeah. How old are your kids? So my oldest is 13. I have 13. Um, gosh, you asked this question and I'm like, oh, I can't remember. <laughs> okay. So 13, 11, 10 and eight. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So you just, yeah. Told you. You, you were I, just I, pregnant I, I for a lot of going. years. <laughs> So what do they do for that hour and a half? Like, so it depends for us. We are really intentional about our other six days. Um, and, and we've grown to be there. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to discourage anyone that we're like, have this perfectly planned out. It took us, I've told you, we've been practicing for five years now. So it's taken us a while to get there in different seasons with different kids at different ages, Mm -hmm. changes the game, but we don't do screens during the week. Now it's easy for us now because I don't have little kids home who I, Hey, I need you to be on the iPad so I can do the work. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Um, we're not in that season anymore. All our kids are in school and when they come home from school, it's either we have, you know, some certain practice after school or homework, or we're getting ready for dinner or, you know, sometimes we have a ministry, something. And so we really don't even have time for screens Mm -hmm. and our kids know that, that, we don't turn on the TV. We don't do it before school. We don't do it after school. They don't um, get on any devices, phones, even video games. It's a, I, I'll say it's a very rare occasion during the week, um, especially school week. If it's days off of school, that's a different story. <laughs> but um, so for that, for Sabbath, they know they get device time and they like, look forward to it <laughs> planning out what they're going to do. And so usually that morning it's, they all either sit and choose a movie to watch together mm-hmm. in the morning, or they will all, you know, if it's pretty outside, they're outside most of the time, especially once it turns spring and warm. Yeah. But a lot of times, you know, my daughter, she gets her iPad and she, she loves to draw. So she draws on her iPad um, my other ones, my boys love watching like sports highlights that maybe they missed during the week. Yeah. <laughs> I don't watch it. So they'll get on ESPN app and check all the highlights. <laughs> my youngest usually just watches a show or something, or um, a lot of times they do crafts, you know, because mm-hmm. of 
our intentionality during the week with them, we're, we're able to be more loose on Sabbath and we still Mm -hmm. have time limits on screens for us and, and all of that. But, um, that's what they do during that time. But then they know the rest of the day, we're going to do creative fun things too, you know? So we're going to be outside if we can, if it's warm, not snowy, we're going to be outside. Even if it's snowy, sometimes we still go out. <laughs> um, they do. Mom stays inside and makes hot cocoa. <laughs> um, so yeah, we, they've learned a good routine, you know, of, of what to expect on Sabbath. Mm-hmm. And that has helped. And now it has taken a long time for us to get here. Yeah. It really has for them to understand the boundaries we've set. We had to pull back on screen time. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had to have a lot of conversations about it. Um, there are things we say no to on Sabbath, birthday parties. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. Yes, right? Like our kids have a life and they we want them to, but we tell them like, if this isn't like top tier friend, if this is just like, hey, we invited the whole class. If you're not that great of friends with them, we might not make that a priority on our Sabbath. Mm-hmm. But here's what we will do. And and our kids have learned this. Like if they say no to something, they know in return they're going to get something pretty great too. Yeah. They're going to get more time with us. They're going to get um, a family outing that maybe we don't get to do or go get ice cream together or, you know, not huge things, but small things too. And um, so they know that there's a trade-off and mm-hmm. they learn to be okay with that. Mm. And, and they, and they've had to learn one, we're in a big family. Not everyone gets to do everything they want to do. And two, because Sabbath teaches us limits yeah, at all. You know, if, if you have an activity that falls, that that's too much on our Sabbath, then we're, we're probably going to say no. And so um, they're learning and it's mm-hmm. not easy and it's painful sometimes, but I'll tell mm-hmm. you what, I think think they're going to be <laughs> thankful in the long run. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. As you were talking about that, and I was going to ask you about that too. Like, what do you do about kid activities that come up on Sabbath? Um, that's, that's a hard decision to make. Um, but I was thinking as you were saying that both of my parents have passed away. Mm-hmm. And if I could go back to like my teenage years, mm-hmm. uh, my college years, I went to school 30 minutes away from home. So I was home with my magic laundry basket, as my mom called it, every yes. weekend. Yes. Um, so, you know, I, I could see them a lot and I did not take advantage of that time with them because I didn't have the appreciation that I do now. And I know there's not like a magic formula to make a teenager always adore their parents. But okay. I think that you're teaching them um that family is very important and that your roots are very important. And yeah. sometimes you have to choose to be with your family and you're giving them enjoy delight is the word that you use. Like they're yeah. delighting in being part of that family when yeah. you're doing those things together. And so I think in the long run, that's going to be such a gift to them and to yourself, to you and your husband, that they're going to want to they're going to make choices, I think, as teenagers. Like, my friends are going to do this, but my family's going to do that. And I want to hang out with my family. Yeah. And I that's going to be I hope great. so. I hope you're right. <laughs> I think so. I really do. I mean, I've, I've seen it happen in other families. Like, I had peers who would go on a weekend camping trip with their family instead of the party that we were going to. Yeah. yeah. And I remember thinking, like, why in the world would they choose that? And now I'm like, if I could go back to 17 and choose a camping trip with my family instead, I would. But they just, they were taught it. They learned it before I did. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I hope so. I think that's, I think that's one of the gifts of Sabbath, right? Like, yeah. so much richness 
in God teaching us to rest and take a day. And there's so much depth to it that we don't even know what it does to our souls yeah. and our minds and our hearts. And when we instill it in our families or in our communities of friends, even. Yeah, I think you're right. There's mm -hmm. there's a lot there to learn. Mm -hmm. Well, and you're showing them, you're modeling for them what they need to do as they're older and and how you're choosing to use your time for God and for them. You're choosing them. You're choosing God. Yeah. Um, and being intentional. I, I yeah. think that's one of the things we both want our children to really learn is um, this world moves so fast. And if you're not intentional, it will sweep you in its current. And God has given us all the tools we need to be intentional. We just have to choose it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's going to go against the current and it's going to be really hard. Um, but it's something that he's given us so that we can learn it. And I think Sabbath is literally, I think one of the best gifts he can give us as believers to learn a lot of those things, mm -hmm. limits that we aren't what we produce, that we don't have to flow in the current of our culture, you know, and I, and I hope we can instill that in our kids or, and even the people that we model, you know, living that life with us too. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. I think you're doing it. So, okay, I'm listening to you and I'm thinking, oh man, I really want to Sabbath, but I don't know where to start. Yeah. How do I, what's, what's a first step I can take to start? Okay. First step is look at your calendar and pick a day, <laughs> just pick a day. Um, you know, if you're doing it with a family, talk about your week and then, um, start, just start. I think some of the some of the, like I said, those ditches we can fall in. If you're an over planner, you'll overthink it too much. And then mm -hmm. you'll never even get to the actual practice of it. Cause you'll just keep learning and you'll try to just like perfect the rest of your week to get there. And then if you're not a planner, you'll just do it. And then it might flop and you'll be like, Oh, well that stunk. <laughs> never uh <-huh>. that again. <laughs> and so I think, um, I think being somewhere in the middle of looking at your calendar, looking at your week and picking the day. Picking it with the people that you're going to Sabbath with, whether it's roommates or a spouse or kids or whoever, or extended family. You know, I have some friends who they Sabbath with um, her parents and her parents help watch their kids so oh. that mom and dad can go for a couple hours on their Sabbath. And it's delightful for the grandparents. It's delightful for the kids. And it's real delightful for mom <laughs> and dad. <laughs> right? You know, and so whoever, I would say whoever you're going to Sabbath with. Have those conversations, plan your day and, and choose a day that's reasonable. Mm -hmm. like you may not hit the whole 24 hours and that's okay. Start where you can start. It might be a half day. And I would say some of the most important pieces are remove the regular work that you do. If that's your housework, set it aside, mm -hmm. whether it's done or not. <laughs> that's what I always tell people. Like, even if it's not done, put it aside. Sometimes our sink will still be full of dishes and we start Sabbath mm -hmm. and it drives me crazy. And there have been one time, one time my husband even took a picture of it because he was like, I want us to remember our Sabbath sink. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is a lot for me to deal with, but okay. <laughs> but I think it's important. I think it, those are things we have to remember. Like whether you're done with it or not, you set it aside mm -hmm. and you say, these hours of my day, I'm going to be intentional with, I'm going to give them to the Lord and to the people I'm with. I'm going to take away any other things that are distraction to me. So whether it's work and it's emails, 
if you need to take it off your phone, if you need to close your computer and put it in a different room, if you're doing a house project and that's work to you, close the door of the project, <laughs> walk away. Um, if it's housework and laundry, close the laundry room, put the laundry in a corner where you can't see it and it won't haunt you. Um, you know, whatever it takes to remove those um, nags of feeling like you got to get it done, mm-hmm. remove them for those hours. I would even say, you know, for me, and I would think for most people, like if you need to unplug your phone, like unplug, turn off your phone, (laughs) (laughs) you know, or put it in a different room and, and, and turn off notifications for those hours, silence it. You'll be okay. You know, if the person who needs to get to you, if you're a single, I have some friends who are single who um, they still feel like, oh, I need, still need to be able to contact someone or someone to contact me still have a, a way to do that. Right. But remove all those things and just try it mm-hmm. and pick one. This is why I always tell people pick something you rarely get to do during those other days that you're like, ah, if I could only go hit golf balls, if I could, for some people, it's not work to mow their lawn for him. my husband. He loves to mow the lawn. I don't get it. I don't get it. No, but some, people, some people love it. And you want to stick your earbuds in and you want to listen to a podcast while you mow the lawn. And that's dream Sabbath day to you do it. <laughs> that is what you plan. Yeah. Find one thing that brings delight to you or, and talk about that with your family and pull that into your day and then see what that does to your soul. Mm-hmm. See how you feel on the other side and remember that feeling, journal it, write it down, talk about it with those people you're Sabbathing with and grow from there and grow from there. And I think You'll feel something different. You'll enjoy the delight for sure. That's always yeah. one thing that will pull us in, right? If we can find something that we get to delight in that day that will draw us in, whether it's gardening or like I said, hitting golf balls or reading a book or taking a nap mm-hmm. or watching your favorite show, finding that thing that pulls you in and then removing all the distractions mm-hmm. and then just doing it. it does, it's not going to look perfect the first day and that's mm-hmm. okay. Just do it. Just try it. And then improve from there and Mm -hmm. try to find ways to tweak it and change it from there. Maybe it's extending the hours. Maybe it's realizing, oh, I didn't turn off my notifications. I'm going to do that next time. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's saying no to something that you had already had on the calendar. You realize I can't do that again. I'm going to have to say no to that next time. Um, and, And learning what fills you up that day and then what drains you. And, and when you can take time and learn that, I think you'll, you'll get better every time mm-hmm. and every, every time you step into your practice. And I think then what it does is it teaches you to live your other six days differently. You'll live your other six days differently and you'll start to adjust because you so love what comes to your soul on Sabbath that you will make those adjustments for it. So you just got to start it first. Mm-hmm. You just got to do it. You just got to do it. And I'd say start with delight and then remove distractions. And with whatever hours you can do that, do it. I love that. Start with delight and remove distractions. Okay. I can do that. Yeah. (laughs) I can do delight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Y'all can do some delight, right? Yeah. And I will say we are Friday night. We eat pizza for dinner. 
Yes. And we use paper plates and we usually sit, we spread out a blanket on the floor in front of the TV (laughs) and eat our pizza and watch America's Funniest Videos of all things. Oh, that's Um, so great. That's such a seven thing to do because you want to laugh. And my son, I'm pretty sure is an eight wing seven. He's five. So we don't know. But I think, you know, he, he's on that. Let's do something fun thing, which I guess yes. kids are, but um, yeah, we have, that's our Friday night thing. And we try not to over plan our yes. Saturdays yes. or our weekends in general. But I think, I think my step is going to be to be more intentional about finding the things that delight us as a family and not just me or yeah. just the kid or, you know, yeah. um, so that's going to be, that's what I'm going to do this week. Good. That's great. I think it'll be, it could be fun conversation too, especially how old is he? He's five. He's five. Yeah. Have even asking him what sounds like a fun activity or, you know, teaching him what delight means Yeah. and asking him like, what is a fun thing on Sabbath for you? It would be so cute to even hear, <laughs> you know, a five-year-old, what is fun to them? And I guarantee it'll be something with y'all. And that's what is so sweet about when we do this with our family and the things we'll learn about our kids and our um, spouse even, and, and maybe friends, people we do this with. And I don't know, I think it's really, it's a, I think the journey is just as fun too, when you get into it and start growing because it'll stretch you in different ways and you'll try different things and I think that's fun. That's great. I love it. Listen, and you know me, I'm all for the paper plates. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love paper plates. I know they're not the best environmental choice. I agree. Man. I know. But if, if that's the one day I'm going to do it, listen. Yes. Right. Yes. Yes, definitely. Okay. So this is shifting gears a little bit, and I know yeah. it's almost been an hour already. Oh, no, that's fine. But... Thinking about you lead women, you're the women's pastor for your church. You lead women. You you hear from women often. You are, I would assume, tuned in to what yeah. the general pulse of women in your church is right now. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's not an easy time to be a woman right now. It's not. For so many reasons. <laughs> what are you seeing that women need from each other? Like, how can I be a better friend to the women in my life? Yeah, that's good. I think the first thing that came to mind when you said that is we need to be each other's cheerleaders. Yeah. Um, I think when you are cheering someone on, you don't have room to compare Mm -hmm. or to be jealous or um, to question or to have fear. When you are genuinely um, for another person, there's just not space for all of the other stuff. Mm -hmm. It might try to creep in, but um, cheering your, whether it's a friend or not. And I think that's even the harder part. It's easy to cheer our friends on. It's sometimes harder as women to um, look at someone and instead of cheering for them, um, comparing Mm -hmm. or finding, you know, why don't I fit that mold or, you know, have that, thing or my family look that way. Um, and I think it, it takes us into a terrible spiral as well. And, um, one of the things I always tell a lot of my women, we're really, really good at vain imagination. Mm -hmm. We live in a 
fictional world in our own brains, right? We can create scenarios. We can go down conversations. We can um, start feeding a lot of these. I mean, they're really just lies, but um, even just simple little untruths, right? And we can create a whole scenario in mm-hmm. our head and and it can root and become a truth to us. Mm-hmm. And we, we can fight that out loud with cheering someone on with um, stopping those and believing the best, you know, about ourselves and about another person, especially another woman. Um, I think that helps fight against all of that, Mm -hmm. all of those little lies, all of the ways that our minds go down those terrible negative paths Mm -hmm. that we so easily let them go down. And then we become more aware of it and we learn to stop it and we learn to stop that thinking. And, um, yeah, I really think, I really think, especially because in this hyper-connected world we live in, (laughs) right? Like it's so easy to compare our lives with one another, to compare our parenting, to compare our jobs, our successes, our bodies, Mm -hmm. our finances, my home, all of it, all of it. And, and there are times I can tell like there it's okay to be on this journey of like, Oh, I want to, I, I do this. Maybe no one else does this. Maybe it's just me. <laughs> I get on this kick of like, Oh, I'm going to follow all these home ladies on <laughs> social media. Cause I want to get my home. Like, right. I'm going to like do a project and you start following them and it's great and intentional at first. Like, Oh, I'm going to do that like them. And then you start keep following them and you start noticing all the terrible things about your home and you start <sighs> noticing how wonderful, how do they keep their homes? They, she has four kids too. How does she keep her home so beautiful? Oh my gosh, I'm failing. And, yes. And then it goes into the bad place. Yes. Right? <laughs> okay. Yes, I'm not the only one. No. You and me. You are not alone. <laughs> out there listening can relate to us. <laughs> but then I think what happens is but what we don't do is we don't realize that that we're going into that bad place. Mm-hmm. And then we just naturally go there and it, it, that's the spiral that mm-hmm. we get into and these negative, um, you know, lies or what untruths, whatever it is that start feeding into our head and creating in us, um, first of all, just dis- we're dissatisfied with what we have around us. Mm-hmm. Um, second of all, we start comparing, we get jealous, we get, um, you know, all the ugly comes to the side. I get critical like of other people. Oh, absolutely. Cause I'm like, Oh, all this stuff is perfect about her. And then I can find a flaw and I'm like, well, look at, but that. look at <laughs> that. Uh-huh. <laughs> absolutely. Because we just, we let ourselves go there. And so if we can see that cycle in ourselves and I'll notice it and I'll say, okay, time to unfollow all those mm-hmm. girls. I don't need, um, my house is what it is. I, I got what I needed out of that. Like I learned some things about tricks for my house or whatever, or cute little things I want to change. And then I'm going to be done. Yeah. And, I, and here's the other, I'm just going to throw it back out there, but I think <laughs> that's the beauty of Sabbath is we can stop and we can delight in the things that we already have. Mm-hmm. And we are no longer going to compare it to everything else. You know, God, when he created um, in those first six days, he created everything, right? The heavens and the earth and the water and the sea and the land and the animals and everything. And then the seventh day he stopped. He stopped creating. 
Mm-hmm. He could have kept going. Yeah. Right? Like he is the creator. He could have kept tweaking forever. Mm-hmm. But he didn't. And he stopped and he delighted in what he had just created. And he delighted with man and woman and they they enjoyed creation together. And he blessed it and he called it holy. Everything he had just done, it was delightful. <laughs> and And when we can stop, we can stop the noise and we can sit in and what God's given us is think, especially for women. And we can say, but he's given me this life. Mm-hmm. He's given me these kids. He's given me this home. He's given me this, you know, spouse. And, and I'm going to delight in what he's given me. And I'm not going to compare it. And I'm not going to go down those places of thinking. Um, and then you can start, I think you can start your week out cheering on the next woman you see, right? Because you are so full with the things he's already given you. It might not be what you wanted or expected, but it's what you have. And there are ways to still find delight in it. Mm -hmm. And it might even be a hard season and marriage might be hard and parenting might be hard and your house might not be what you want it to be, but there are still things we can find delight in um, when we stop, when we take out the noise and then we can turn around and we can celebrate other people. Mm-hmm. And we can look at what they have to delight in and we can um, say, that's great. I'm going to cheer her on and, and I'm not going to let it affect still my heart and my delight, or I'm not going to get critical or I'm not going to get jealous or fearful or, you know, whatever it is that sends you into that spiral. I think a lot of us, I, I put myself in that category too, fall into that trap as yeah. women. Um, we, our minds can just keep going. <laughs> yes. They get, they can go to the bad place real, yes. quick. <laughs> real, real quick. Yeah. That's what I see. I think so. Yeah. That's another reason for Sabbath that I yeah. think too. <laughs> Look at you making it come full circle. Oh, listen, there's so many things I've learned about Sabbath. I'm not even yeah. kidding. Yeah. Well, five years of practicing, I'm sure. Well, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about that we didn't? I don't know. I don't. Listen, we could go all the places, but I'm, <laughs> I'm going to say, I, I feel like we could just sit here and talk all day. Keep going. Oh, all the things. I think that's really good. I think that's enough for any, any listener of yours listening could hopefully have something to chew on and I think so. learn from because goodness knows. And, and, you know, I think one of the things I always try to, especially when I teach my women that, you know, I'm literally sitting in a circle with and, and growing with is you know, just because I have this title as pastor now, or I'm a mom, you know, four kids or whatnot, like, and have practiced Sabbath for five years, doesn't mean I've perfected any of it, right? none of it. For me, it is still also a journey and a practice mm-hmm. and I'm learning. And um, I think I would say that to anyone who is listening to this too, of remember that everything we do in life, that's what it is. It's all this, we're just practicing together and we're learning together and we're going together and um, to not fall into the ditch of um, trying to measure up to um, anyone else or, mm-hmm. um, you know, those expectations, even your own expectations, mm-hmm. being aware of those. And I think that yet again, I go back to that's the beauty of Sabbath is it teaches us a lot of that. And mm-hmm. so I think, um, you know, just because we're having this conversation and I've done it and practiced for a while does not mean that I have all the answers or have it put together. We have 
terrible Sabbaths too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you're you're inviting us to to learn with you. And before yeah. I had my son, I was a teacher, and that was always one of my goals. It was not for you to be a good fifth grader, but for you to become a lifelong learner and oh, that's great. never stop learning until you're done on this earth. <laughs> yes, I love it. That's great. That's a good one to end on. Me. I like that. <laughs> well, thanks. <laughs> All right. So the last question that I ask everybody. Is because of your story, what do you know about God? Mm -hmm. Oh, God, that's such a good question. Thanks. Oh, that's such a good question. Okay. (laughs) I mean, I can tell you so many things. Yeah. Um, But I think I would say most recently, right? Because that's the where my heart and mind and everything is right now. I Mm -hmm. think with um, where I am in parenting, in my journey with the Lord and even in working at a church, I am learning that, um, I really have an audience of one that it is just mm-hmm. about Jesus and it is not about what I produce. Um, cause I am a producer yeah. <laughs> I am one and I can fall into that, that, um, that can be my pitfall is I can just keep producing and cause I can, I can just keep going. Mm-hmm. And when I stop, and when I realized that, gosh, that's not even what he's asked. Mm-hmm. He's given me opportunity, but he's not required it of me. And when I can sit back in that and remember that it is my life really is all for him in everything that I do, mm-hmm. it changes my perspective. And so what I'm learning about God is that he he doesn't require honestly a whole lot of me. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, and I know we as believers can say, Oh, but we, we should be doing this. We should be doing that. But really like, I mean, that's the whole point of the cross, right? Yeah. Like the work is finished and I don't have to strive, but I do get to do this life with him and for him because I love him. And so it's, I've learned more about being a, my partnership with the Lord mm. than I have what I do for him um, and what I produce because of him. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's partnership and he's inviting me into this partnership with him. And he's, he's the one who's given me anything that I have and I get to steward it. And it's such an honor when you look at it that way. Yeah. And so um I think I'm, I think that's what I've learned about the Lord is this partnership with him is, can really be fun and beautiful um, mm. when you stop striving and when you realize that he, he's already done it. Yeah. He's done oh, it. I love that because that's that's where I am right now too. Oh, that's good. Uh, you put some words in my head for me <laughs> that I was <laughs> having having trouble putting together myself. Yes. So I'm glad you said that. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Fun. Yeah, this has been real fun. Speaking of delight, I definitely took delight in having this conversation with Shireen. She is just so easy to talk to and so knowledgeable and generous with all of the things that she has learned practicing Sabbath with her family over the last five years. I have a ton of takeaways from her, but my favorite thing that she said was start with delight and remove distractions. I think that is excellent advice for a starting point. 
And I'd like to hear what your takeaways were. How are you going to start celebrating Sabbath? Or how are you going to enrich how you are already celebrating? If you aren't already following me, I am Known Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And of course, my website, Mandy mandymcd.com. You can find me, you can find my guests, and of course in show notes, you will find ways to get in touch with Shireen. I'm sure she would be happy to answer any questions you have about Sabbath, and you will find tons of information just following her on Instagram. If you run in the same sort of circles that I do, if you're a mom, if you have children at home, if you are a working woman, whatever your lot in life, you are probably busy living in this culture. And the people that you know, the people that you do life with, need to hear this message from Shireen also. So please share this story. Tag me. Tag Shireen. Let us know you're talking about it. It means so much to me when I get to hear how these stories have impacted you. And it means a lot to my guests knowing that their stories have mattered. So as always, I leave you with a blessing. Again from John 17. This is when Jesus prays for all believers. I'm going to read from the message. I'm praying not only for them, but also for those who will believe in me because of them and their witness about me. The goal is for all of them to become one heart and one mind, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, so they might be one heart and mind with us. Then the world might believe that you, in fact, sent me. The same glory you gave me, I gave them, so they'll be as unified and together as we are. I and them and you and me. Then they'll be mature in this oneness and give the godless world evidence that you've sent me and loved them in the same way you've loved me.